Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Philippians 1, 1 through 6, called He Who Began a Work in You. Those kinds of unique experiences which we've only read about in our Bibles and studied together over the years are now kind of thudding at our doorstep. And it does bring a different level of challenge to us as believers here in the West because most of what we've heard about persecution, we've heard through the wire. We've heard through missionaries or you know, maybe you went on a short-term mission, missions trip and you, you got a little taste or you heard from the locals that this is what happens if you're a Christian in this area or this region. But it's becoming more and more closer to home and more and more concerns about nefarious kinds of things that are occurring uh, in different places and, it, and in high uh, levels. And so you can see how this would be really important that elders and deacons would stand together and would model uh, what the church should be doing. I will tell you that each Saturday for the last several years, uh, and, and more recently with our deacons, our elders and deacons meet right after our men's breakfast and we pray together. And uh, oftentimes there's you know 20 guys in the room. And uh, we just are here to encourage one another that we need to continue to fight the good fight uh, on behalf of Living Truth Christian Fellowship, where the Lord has put us in positions to care for the flock and model the faith, etc. And that's a really beautiful thing. And this is actually a scripture I've shared with them before in Philippians 1.1, that we are called to be elders and overseers and deacons and servants of the body. And that, that's a call that we don't take lightly. Now, we have the recipients of the letter, and we're going to have to move pretty quickly here. But notice a, a common opening, grace to you and peace. The word grace is charis in Greek. It's a beautiful word about the goodness of God, the strength of God, the benevolence of God. Grace to you and peace. The word peace is irene in Greek. The Hebrew equivalent is shalom. And so Paul might, in his Jewish, Jewish way, he might say grace and shalom from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice how closely they're associated. He might say it this way, grace and peace from the sender and the sent one, from the Father and the Son. May you experience it through the power of the Holy Spirit. This is what O'Brien says about the greeting. Early Christians were in the habit of placing one another one another under the grace of God. Um, this is a form of a farewell greeting in much of the, uh, the, the uh, church and in the book of Acts. I now commend you to the grace of God, to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Acts 20, verse 32. The uh, greeting, whether it is a greeting or a farewell, is to place someone under grace. Place them under grace. Hopefully, you're not placing them under condemnation, under judgment, under gossip, under whatever else you would do. Place God's people under grace. If, if you were 
someone, let's just say that you're a Jewish Christian. Let's say Paul saw a Jewish brother. He would probably say to him, if it was the Sabbath day, Shabbat Shalom, or he might just say Shalom. And in saying Shalom, what he would be saying is, may you be well. And may the God of all grace, the God who gives peace, give you peace. So think of the the twin uh, meaning here. May you experience all the the benefits of God's benevolence and strength. Because remember, grace is a word that speaks of our salvation. We are saved by grace through faith. But grace is also the uh, strength of God into our lives. My grace is sufficient for you, Jesus says to Paul when he prays. For my power is perfected in weakness. Amen? So may you experience the grace of God. These are Christians already. So I think the second, the latter definition is probably more apt here. They don't need to experience the saving grace of God. They've already got it. What do they need? The stabilizing grace of God. They need the strength of God and the peace of God, which in chapter 4, he will say, surpasses all comprehension. Amen? So let me ask you, practical application. When you greet brothers and sisters in the Lord, do you place them under grace and wish them shalom? Now, I think many of us do this. But Paul is not with them. He's doing it via a letter. And he's going to talk about how he prays for them. And I was studying this even today and and thought, you know, oftentimes our prayers, because of everything that's going on and because for those of you who are on the prayer chain, so many people hurting and in need of prayer, our our prayers often have kind of, they they take a turn of sometimes kind of a bummer because there's a lot going on. But the way that Paul encourages himself joy from jail, if you will, is by remembering these incredible saints. Notice verse 3. I thank my God. The word thank is eucharisteo. It's where we get the idea of the Eucharist. But here it's the idea of just grace combined with the idea of goodness or being well. I thank my God in all my what? remembrance of you. Every time I think of the Philippian church, Paul says, I thank God. Now, I hope and pray that you do a lot of that. I hope and pray that when you come to a time of prayer, at least part of your prayer time can be a thank you list of people. And part of what you can do in your prayer life is continue to place them under grace and pray for their peace, amen? But also to give thanks to God for who God has put in your life. Whether it is someone that you see regularly in a local fellowship, whether it's someone that you've crossed paths with in ministry at some point in time. Paul says, I always am offering prayer. How? With joy. Joy, one of the underlying themes of the letter to the Philippians. In my every prayer for y'all, which means that Paul was from the South. Look look at what he says. I'm always offering prayer. He's not praying 24-7, but every time he prays about this church, he is filled with 
kara, the root word of grace. He's filled with joy. The word for joy there, if you look it up in uh, a lexicon, it's calm delight, gladness, or cheerfulness. Calm delight almost sounds like a tea that you might have late at night. What are you drinking? Calm delight. Maybe some of you need to drink in a little bit more joy. So you, have, you might have a little bit more calm delight. In fact, if you've been the opposite of calm delight, which would be a frenzied mess, <laughs> perhaps a little bit more of the fruit of the Holy Spirit, which one of the early fruits listed is love, peace, and joy. Now, how in the world does a guy who's apparently chained to a different Roman soldier every several hours write this way? How does he pray this way? How does he have this kind of mindset? Because he says in chapter two, have this mind in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And when we are confronted with the reality of how our Savior conducted himself. He had the oil of joy above his companions, Hebrews chapter one. He washed the disciples' feet the night before he would die on the cross. They argued about who was going to be the greatest and Jesus said, no, 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 not in my kingdom. That's not what we do here. We don't lord it over people. You are here to serve. And if you want to be the greatest among my group, then be servant of all had this attitude in you, which was or is in me. Christ in me, the hope of glory. If we want transformation to occur among God's people, among the relationships that we say are the most important to us, we are to have this attitude in us, which was also in Christ Jesus and also in Paul, who said, follow me or imitate me as I imitate Christ. 1 Corinthians 11.1. 1. Amen? This is the Christian life. This is the beauty of the Christian life. This is what it means to have that mind, that spiritual mind. To get rid of the carnality and the self-centeredness, which we all battle with and carry into you know, uh, a relationship with the Lord because we're not fully uh, you know, redeemed yet. Uh, we've experienced redemption, but you know what I'm saying. There's a not yet portion to it. And he says, I'm, I'm always offering prayer with joy. My every prayer for you guys. And I, I think this is a wide application. So look at verse five. In view of, why, why is he so thankful? In view of your koinonia in the gospel. That's the word used here for participation. If you have a New American Standard, in view of your participation, your koinonia, your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, which is 10 years later. You guys are still fighting the good fight. You're still coming to the prayer meetings. You're still preaching the gospel in the community that, in which you live. I'm hearing about, and he might say, that two new people were added and baptized in the Philippian church. Praise the Lord. You guys are doing the work. You're participating in the gospel. You are partners with me in the gospel. Praise God. 
You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. Producer Rob Newton here, and on behalf of Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team, thank you so much to our financial and prayer partners. Whether you have given a one-time donation or you have become a monthly partner, you have contributed to our mission to reach out with God's truth to all people and helping listeners like you apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You've heard that before, right? Well, we mean it. Thanks to our financial partners, we have added three new radio stations. Our prayer is to bless our new listeners the way we have hopefully been a blessing to you. If you're a longtime listener, would you please consider becoming a $5 a month partner? That may not seem like much, but every little bit makes it possible for us to continue our broadcasts, podcasts, and free apologetic events. Please become a partner giving at least $5 a month. Visit walkintruth.com to donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. We've experienced redemption, but you know what I'm saying. There's a not yet portion to it. And he says, I'm I'm always offering prayer with joy. My every prayer for you guys. And I I think this is a wide application. So look at verse 5. In view of, why, why is he so thankful? In view of your koinonia in the gospel. That's the word used here for participation. If you have a New American Standard. In view of your participation, your koinonia, your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, which is 10 years later. You guys are still fighting the good fight. You're still coming to the prayer meetings. You're still preaching the gospel in the community that in which you live. I'm hearing about, and he might say that, Two new people were added and baptized in the Philippian church. Praise the Lord. You guys are doing the work. You're participating in the gospel. You are partners with me in the gospel. Praise God. If you flip over to chapter 4, I don't think it's just monetary, but there's a monetary aspect because here's what Paul says about this church. Look at chapter 4, verse 8. Finally, brethren, uh, no, not verse 10. I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last you have revived your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned before, but you lacked opportunity. And then flip over to verse 13. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Nevertheless, you have done well to share with me in my affliction. You yourselves also know, Philippians, that at the first preaching of the gospel after I left Macedonia, no church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, but you alone. Even in Thessalonica, you sent a gift more than once for my needs. Not that I seek the gift itself, but I seek for the profit which increases to your account. This church was preaching the gospel practically, verbalizing the gospel, if you will, but they were also supporting gospel work, missionary work, namely the the Apostle Paul. Look, the Christian life is not an either-or prospect. It's a both-and. And And here's here's what it looks like. 
As the church of Jesus Christ, we are to preach the gospel in our sphere of influence. You look for opportunities, you preach the gospel, friends, coworkers, neighbors, friends, coaching, whatever you're doing, sports. But you also support the gospel by your giving. Amen? The Philippian church is a great example of that. And I would say this church is a great example of that. Supporting 10 missionaries around the world. Dedicating $100,000 of our annual budget to radio. Do you know that you guys support most of that? Now, our listeners are now giving. And I got a letter from a lady in Kansas, Kansas City, Kansas, about two weeks ago, who said that this ministry out of this fellowship, it has meant the world to her as we aired the book of Isaiah on Walk in Truth Radio. As last month in January, we had 10,000 podcast listens from this little church in Corona going all around the world, around the United States. And we'd like to go more places, but I'm just saying to you, when you guys give, when you support the ministry, when you preach the gospel and you give, this is what the Philippian church was doing. That's why Paul is in some form of imprisonment and giving thanks to God for this church. Because they were doing the work of ministry. They were partners. There was a koinonia, a beautiful partnership in the gospel from the very first time Paul entered the city until now. And the last verse. For I am confident of this very thing. I'm sure of this ESV. That he, God, who began a good work in you, will complete it or perfect it until the day of Jesus Christ. I am confident of this very thing. In the book of Hebrews, you know, some prickly passages in the book of Hebrews about, you know, once saved, always saved, you know, eternal security. Can you lose your salvation? Same word is used here, but beloved Hebrews 6, 9, we are convinced of better things concerning you. The things that accompany salvation, though we are speaking in this way. Paul in prison says to the Philippian church, I am sure of this. I'm not sure of a lot of things in this world. Amen. But I'm sure of this, that he who began not just a work, but a good work in you, he will finish what he started. And sometimes we look at ourselves and we're like, Lord, I would have given up on me a long time ago, right? But here's the truth of the matter. God knew what he was getting when he first called you. And he ain't done with you yet. In fact, he who began a good work in you will complete it. Until when? Until the day of Jesus Christ. You know what the day of Jesus Christ is? It's the day of the Lord. Because he's the Lord. And do you know what day that is? When he comes to resurrect and rapture his people, and to judge the world until the very end of the age and leading into the new golden age, he who began a good work in you will finish it until the day of Christ. You can take it to the bank. And I know sometimes we wonder, well, what about, could I jump out of his hand? Or, you know, what if I don't cooperate? He's got ways of getting you to cooperate. called discipline. He does it for people he loves. You all know that, right? He disciplines the ones that he loves. 
Look, I don't believe in eternal presumption. I don't believe that someone should just get into a baptismal and say, I'm good. Or I, I walked forward at a, a camp when I was 12 and there's no fruit in your life. There's nothing that makes you look like a Christian, but you, but you check the box. We're not talking about that kind of stuff. We're talking about a church that was doing the work of ministry filled with imperfect people. Amen. Filled with people just like us who had their foibles and their personality quirks and their seasons when they're hot and cold and, and times when they struggle with sin patterns and then overcome them and commit sin and need to repent of it and all of it. But in the end, lovers of God. <laughs> You've been listening to He Who Began a Work in You, Part 3 on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in Philippians 1, 1 through 6. And remember, if you missed any part of today's program, you can always listen to Walk in Truth on our free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, our Living Truth app is the one with the red logo with the pillars. With our app, you can learn more about Living Truth Christian Fellowship, the church behind Walk in Truth, where Pastor Michael Lance serves as senior pastor. If you're local to Southern California, the app gives updates and information about upcoming Bible studies, free events, and services, both for you and your kids, like this year's Vacation Bible School coming up in a couple weeks. If you live outside Southern California, you can still benefit from our Living Truth app. You can listen or watch Pastor Michael's previous teachings in Philippians, and you can contact the church if you have any questions or comments. Download the free Living Truth app in your app store. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word before we go. Well, as you can tell, as we think about this message and celebrate in terms of the beauty of Philippians 1.6, let's just say it again. He who began a good work in you will complete it to the day of Christ. What does that mean? It means that the one that started the work will be faithful to take us all the way to the finish line. Well, we're going to study the finish line in Philippians 2 when Paul gives us a running analogy and talks about his, his eye is on the prize for the upward call of Christ. He's straining forward toward it. Well, the one that started the work, the beginner and perfecter of our faith is going to finish the work. And that's what we celebrate in Philippians 1 verses 1 through 6. Hey, if you're anywhere near the Inland Empire, let's say you live in Norco or Riverside or Yorba Linda or anywhere like that, we have an excellent vacation Bible school happening this year. It's called Zoomerang. At Zoomerang, the newest answers VBS, you'll marvel at the unforgettable wildlife, culture, and beauty of Australia while exploring the wonder and value of life. From the lives of preborn babies to eternal life, in the kingdom of God. Vacation Bible School. You know, so many kids uh, make their first time commitment during VBS. You say, well, when is it happening, Pastor Michael? Glad you ask. It's July 25th through the 29th at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona, where I serve as senior pastor. Hey, the church is right off the 91 Freeway and Lincoln Avenue. And each night of VBS, the 25th of July to the 29th, is from 5.45 in the evening to 8.45. I tell you, it is an awesome week for the kids. Wonderful music, wonderful uh, times in the Bible, games, uh, so much fun. And we, we have a whole uh, 
army of volunteers that make it happen here at the church. It's happening at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona. It's vacation Bible school. It's called Zoomerang. Now you can call 844-48-TRUTH to find out more, to sign up your kiddo. 844-48-TRUTH. You can always check out the website as well, which is livingtruthcorona.org. And remember, there is an app that you can download. We tell you a lot about it. Just look for Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the App Store, and you can sign up your child for Zoomerang. Vacation Bible School at Living Truth, July 25th through the 29th. Sign up today. We'll see you here. So we'll be looking uh, next time as we move through the book of Philippians at a message called Discerning What is Best. I'm sure we all have questions about the will of God. What do I do? Where do I go? What should I choose? Where should I work? Who should I marry? So many questions. Maybe you have questions about ministry. Maybe you have questions about uh, friendships or business or whatever it may be. Well, Philippians 1 verses 7 through 11 is the a title called Discerning, Trying to Understand What is Best. And we'll get in that into that tomorrow right here on Walk in Truth. This is Pastor Michael. We'll see you then. Thanks for praying for us and supporting us. We appreciate it. We'll catch you tomorrow. And don't forget that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station, provide the podcast for free, and it helps us do our free apologetic events too. Please consider becoming a monthly partner of at least $5 a month. You can donate at walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for Pastor Michael's teaching in Philippians 1, 7 through 11, called Discerning What is Best. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.